Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the show. Hola. Joining us right now is Sean Scalin, who was our who was our comptroller at the office of the comptroller of the state of Connecticut. He comes on our show every single month, and there always seems to be a lot of things that he broadcasts and tells us about and things we need to know about. Sean, welcome back to the show. Hi. Good morning. Good to see you. Good, good morning. Good to hear you. Well, yes, yes. I hope that your, I hope that your upper respiratory system is better than mine. Let me yeah. put it that way. The upper respiratory system seems to be getting a lot of us here in Fairfield County. Anyway. It's that time of year. It is that time of year. So let's start with the really good news because you are projecting a over $153 million surplus for the fiscal year 2024. Hurrah, hurrah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, every month my job on the first of the month is to put out a statement basically saying where our budget stands. And uh, this month, on December 1st, we were able to say that it's about $150-plus million surplus, which is great. And we're on track to end the fiscal year, which is between July 1 and June 30th of 2024, with a surplus. And if we do that, it'll be the sixth consecutive year, Lisa, that we end our budget year with a surplus. That's extraordinary. Holy Toledo. That's amazing. It's a, big, it's a big change from where we were as a state 10 years ago. And heading into 2024, you say we still have a full rainy day fund at $3.3 billion. And that's topped out, right? Yeah, so it's topped out. Um, so for your listeners uh, you know, who haven't followed this quite closely, Connecticut has a weird quirk, but a lot of states have this, where our rainy day fund can only grow to a certain level, which right now is 15% of our budget. And next year, it's going to go up to 18%. Um, and so for the first time ever in history, we actually have a full rainy day fund, which is great because when it rains next, which it, of course, will, um, we will have that really big cushion there to protect us during a recession or a downturn in the economy. So, Sean Scanlon, question. In this press release, it says... A fiscal year 2024 general fund surplus of $153.9 million and a special transportation fund surplus of $208.4 million. Are those 
different numbers in different places? Yes, because the Special Transportation Fund is a completely different program. And this actually dates back, interestingly, to something terrible that happened in your neck of the woods, which was in the 80s, the Mianus River Bridge collapsed. You oh, probably yeah. remember that. I do. And um, after that terrible tragedy, Governor O'Neill at the time basically said, hey, you know, we got to get our infrastructure together and I'm going to create a special fund called the Special Transportation Fund, where all that money should go and only be used to fix our roads and bridges. Well, your listeners have probably seen that movie before, and for the better part of 20 or 30 years, that fund wasn't so airtight. But in the last 10 years, we actually did create a lockbox for that that the voters of Connecticut uh, voted on. I, I think it was in 2018, I believe, that they voted on that ballot question. Uh, and since then, that money has only been going to infrastructure, which is great because we just got a ton of federal money because of the president's infrastructure bill. Uh, and the special transportation fund is essentially the fund through which we do those projects. So, so okay. So this is so this is all good news. Now, does this presume you're looking at the budget obviously for the next year or two? Um, is this surplus that we have still largely a residue of federal money? No, and that's a big misconception that I think a lot of folks have, which is that all of our sort of financial turnaround here in Connecticut is a result uh, of just the federal money. We got $2.7 billion in COVID assistance from the feds, which, of course, is helpful. But the turnaround that we have experienced began in 2017 with the passage of a bipartisan state budget that took effect in 2018. So again, three whole fiscal years before COVID uh, graced us with its presence. Um, and, you know, in that period of time, you know, we've paid off $7.7 billion of debt. We've raised the rainy day fund by $3.3 billion. So obviously anybody who can do some quick math would tell you that 2.7 didn't obviously help those things happen. It's not what helped us pay for almost a billion-dollar tax cut that takes effect on January 1 of this year. Um, so it doesn't really have anything to do with the federal money. It has more to do with the fact that um, we've just changed the way we budget and changed the way we save money in Connecticut, and that's bearing fruit right now. Okay. And so, so does that mean, since you're saying we made fundamental changes— that based on our population, our rate of employment, the rate of taxation, that we can continue to expect more or less an even budget with maybe some surplus at the end of the year? Yeah, so um, in the interest of transparency, which is, of course, what my job is, you know, some listeners who pay close attention to this may say, hey, well, uh, in, in Scanlon's first-of-the-month letter, in the last couple months, the surplus has gone down. and They would be correct about that. In the last four months consecutively, that surplus has gotten smaller uh, and now stands at $153 million. But what's important for folks to remember is we still have a surplus, mm -hmm. um, and we still are on track to end the year in a surplus, and we still have this big rainy day fund. What was happening during COVID, Lisa, was that we were seeing astronomical amounts of revenue coming into the state. Right. Um, you know, just about every one of our taxes was up. Um, sales tax was booming because everyone was buying crazy amounts of stuff during COVID because they weren't going on vacation. They weren't going to restaurants. Um, Wall Street had a very good couple of years. Yes. Uh, when, when it came to 
the kind of folks that live in your area but uh, but work in Manhattan. That disproportionately um, pay taxes, let's be honest. Correct, mm-hmm. correct. And so, um, you know, we, we had this crazy amount of revenue collection coming into the state, and therefore we saw a lot bigger surpluses than we're seeing now. But at the end of the day, what I'm just trying to remind people is that we still have a surplus. We've still got a big cushion, and I'm still feeling very confident that we're doing a lot of good stuff when it comes to finally, after years and years and years of budget problems in Connecticut, we're getting our fiscal house in order. But but getting our fiscal house in order is not necessarily a blank check for legislators to go forward and spend more money that hasn't been spent in the past, right? I mean, we always have to watch that, don't we? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Yeah, no, we, we do. And, and that, I think, goes back to that reform that I was just talking about that happened in 2017. We've talked about this before, but just to refresh you know, your listeners' memory, 2017, we had this really bad budget cycle, uh, and we, we couldn't balance the budget to save our lives. And then in October of that year, we had this big breakthrough where we put what's called the fiscal guardrails in place. People hear me and the governor talking about these a lot. Well, what the heck does that mean? Essentially, it's to try to stop what you just talked about, which is we're finally going in the right direction. And Connecticut uh, has a a very long track record of um, people doing something for a couple of years and saying, okay, we've solved the problem. Now let's take that money and spend it elsewhere. Those fiscal guardrails prevent that from happening and essentially take all of that volatile revenue that comes into our coffers from Wall Street-related folks um, and basically says we can't spend that money on anything but two things. And those two things are bolstering our rainy day fund. And when the rainy day fund is full, as it is now, all that money goes to paying down pension debt. Mm. Um, and so since that was uh, you know, inaugurated in, in 2018 – um, we have paid off $7.7 billion of the $40 billion of unfunded pension debt that we have in our state. So so we still have a ways to go. We still have ways to go, but um, we're making really good progress. And, and when folks sort of say, okay, well, this is clearly working, but we have some needs that we need right now to meet, they're not wrong about that, Lisa, but um, – for the first time in my lifetime, and I'm 36 years old, Connecticut is getting serious about paying down our debt. And that only helps my two young kids who are one and four. Um, and we're doing things that leaders didn't do for 50 years. And I think we got to keep going with that for the future of our state and our kids. Yeah. You know, Sean Scanlon, you made the news this week. It was sort of, I agreed with you, it was a silly nonsense thing when, um, Governor Lamont was asked if he was going to run again, and he said, nah, maybe I will. 
And it turns out that uh, the paper asked a lot of people what they thought of it. And you said, well, I don't want to paraphrase you, but it sounded like you said, sure, if he wants to run, he's a great governor, he should run. And then one of the publications said that meant that you were a traitor to the public (laughs) health option. I'm like, what? I thought that was just like, what? Was it a very slow news day or does somebody have it out for you? That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. And, um, you know, the Hearst editorial board, they kind of wrote that really weird article. But I think, Lisa, that that's a symptom of a bigger problem that we have in our politics today, which is that if you're not 100 percent with your party 100 percent of the time, uh, you're somehow less than or or, or not a, a good person uh, or you don't believe in what you know, the, your morals are. And I just think that's a very dangerous slope. We need more elected officials who are willing to say, listen, I don't agree with everything the governor uh, has ever said or done, but I think he's doing a good job and I support him on balance. Um, just having this 100% fealty and litmus test loyalty, I think, gets us into some really dangerous problems in politics. Well, and, you know, it's interesting because you could also take that to Governor Lamont because one of the reasons I think he's so popular with over a 60% approval rating is because he defies the stereotypes of his own party. He's not in lockstep with a lot of what the Democrats wanted him to do, or at least some of the Democratic orthodoxy. He's not. Yeah, and I think, no, and listen, I, I think that at the end of the day, that's why I said what I said. And, mm-hmm. I, and I have been in, encouraging him to think about running for a third term because I do think he's doing a good job. Um, and I think that he's the most popular governor in the country, if you believe those polls, um, a Democrat governor in the country, because I think people feel like he's found that sweet spot that folks want in Connecticut, which mm-hmm. is that he's socially moderate uh, and, uh, you know, fiscally moderate. Um, and, uh, you know, I think people think he got us through COVID and he's doing a good job steering the ship for Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been I, I was wondering why there have there's never been any noise about tapping him for national office. Is it because we are such a small state? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know. He had run for the United States Senate, which is how most of us learn about him the first time back against Joe Lieberman in 2006. Um, but, but since then, I think he, like many of us smart people, have realized that Washington is a complete disaster. Yeah. And you can get a lot yeah. done in state government um, and, and really move the, the needle on the things that you care about. Right. Um, and I think that he's done that. Um, so I have no idea whether he'd ever want to run again for national office, but um, I think he's doing a good job now. I think he's going to have to make a decision, you know, in the next couple of years about whether he's going to run again, which is an eternity away. In yeah, he's got plenty of time, for goodness sake. I, I thought the whole question was ridiculous. Yes, I agree. I um, mean, let but, him do, I, I, you know. But it's interesting that Susan Weisowitz says, you know, according to that same article, she's gathering support if, in fact, uh, the governor doesn't want to run for a third term. She's yeah, doing and that. I, I think it's I think it's really early to do that. I think there's a number of people, you know, myself included, who would really look hard at running if the governor decided not to do it. Um, but, geez, it's 2023. Uh, that election is in three years. We've got a whole crazy presidential election happening next year. Every seat in the legislature you is think? up. Every probate judge is yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and we, we got a lot of ground to cover before we get to 2026. There's a time and place 
for that. Um, but let's let's wait a little bit longer and let's support the guy who's got a 60% approval rating doing a good job. Sean Scanlon, our comptroller, thanks for joining us on the Lisa Wexler Show. Thanks for bringing us the good news today. Thank oh, you. Oh, and by the way, wait, before you go, what is the name of that? Is it Array? What is the name of that program you want people to know yeah. about so they can sign up for cheaper drugs? Yep, it's called Array RX, and what it is, it's the first ever prescription drug discount card that the state has ever offered. Um, Governor Lamont and I worked together to get this bill passed in the legislature this year. My office runs the program, and anybody listening right now, whether they're young, a senior, insured, uninsured, they can go to Array, A-R-R-A-Y, R-X, card.com right now and within two minutes download a free card that they can use at 98 percent of Connecticut pharmacies to save on the cost of their prescription drugs Um, a lot tens of thousands of people have signed up so far we're trying to spread the word and it's one more tool in the toolkit of folks to try to save on what is becoming a really big expensive burden for most people absolutely i love it thank you so much Sean Scanlon on the Lisa Wexler Show. And Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. You too. We'll chat after the new year. Bye. We're going to be right back with Lisa on the law and then Wayne Winston. Stay tuned. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.